What was that? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Suleme, and I'm here with my good buddy. John Pellery. And we um, have something kind of special we're going to do, a little bit different than uh, some of our other podcasts. It's mm-hmm. just the two of us today yep. sitting here podcasting. Um, and we've had some experiences, obviously, over the past... A uh, few weeks, and I guess our lifetime as well, mm-hmm. uh, in, in working with hairdressers and being hairdressers ourselves. Um, and yesterday we were in a conversation mm-hmm. with a few different conversations, but one in particular where we were working with a stylist who's a super talented stylist um, and had reached that point in their career where they decided, you know what, it's time for me to. You know, it's time for me to step my game up a little bit. Kick it up a notch. Yeah, and those are, I mean, you know, John, those are always such fun conversations to have because right. you know the person has the, we, you know, the potential. Right. They've got the skills. Mm-hmm. They've got the, but sometimes it's the desire. The want. The want. Yeah. Um, and so I always like to say it, like, there's two things. There's the there's the what to do, mm-hmm. and then there's the do I want to do it. Right. And uh, yesterday, kind of, we, we were able to align the two of those in a little bit of a conversation. Right. And it got us to thinking mm-hmm. a little bit about this whole, you know, being a hairdresser, successful behind the chair, right. and this whole clientele development and mm-hmm. developing my business. And I know it got your wheels spinning a little bit, and you wanted to uh, put this, lay a track down so we could maybe share some of what we learned yesterday yeah. uh, out to some hairdressers. So talk a little bit about that. Right. Well, I think some of the coaching we did yesterday, you know, one particular conversation stuck in my mind, which was one of the staff members, they were doing well, they were happy with what they were doing, but they needed to make a little bit more money, right? Raising prices wasn't necessarily something they wanted to do right now. Yeah. And I think we both agreed it wasn't time. Maybe not ready. Um, But, you know, I need more clients. I need more people on my book. I need to get busier. And I've been doing this for a while. I don't want to put words in her mouth but it was almost like did I forget how to do that yeah you know how, why don't I have more clients on my book yeah you know why aren't I busier and of course we had a great conversation yesterday but it kind of led us to the thought that you know sometimes it isn't always about Instagram right yeah sometimes it isn't always about Facebook yeah you know sometimes it's all about the person in your chair at that moment in yep. time and what are you doing with that guest to not only keep them coming back, yeah. you know, because that's a retention number, yeah. but also what are you doing to get more new clients in your chair? And you know what? The answer is about six inches of vernia. It's, yeah, it's the truth. And um, it, I wasn't thinking this actually before we got this conversation started, but it is, it really leads to something that I'm super, I don't know if you want to use the word passionate about, but thinking a lot about mm-hmm. uh, nowadays. And if you hang out with me, you'll hear me say it all the time that I feel like as a hairdresser, the more you look at it, it gets easier and easier and easier when you really look at what we do. And, mm-hmm. I, and I break it down. These are my words. They're not right. um, into two different categories. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing with my people? Yeah. The people that are sitting in my chair. Right. How do I get them? How do I meet them? How do I make them multiply? Mm-hmm. How do I get them to come back? Mm-hmm. And then what am I doing with my performance, I call it. Yeah. I call it people and performance. Yeah. And the performance part is, what are the things that I'm communicating about while they're sitting in my chair? Mm-hmm. And when I when I put those two together, mm-hmm. when I when I can master the people game, right, and then I can master my conversations with people while they're sitting in my chair, mm-hmm. man, it's just it's proven to be magical. Right. And all of everybody listening mm-hmm. either sits next to 
or is the person that I'm Perfect. describing. That person, yeah. when you know, client sits down, they get uh, they get to know everything that's on the appetizer menu, mm. the entree menu, mm. the dessert menu, the mm. after drink menu. They get the whole. Mm. Um, I heard Beth Minardi one time called the whole gestalt. Right? They get <laughs> yeah. the whole, you know, and there's when you set two people next to each other that have mm. that understand these two things in different mm -hmm. ability levels right you'll see one out earn and outdo right. and outgrow the other mm -hmm. leaps and bounds right. all day long every day yeah i think you know one of the one of the challenges that happens is and I, I know you've heard this as well is one of the pushbacks we'll get when we're coaching people is well i'm not i'm not a good salesperson I'm just, I'm a hairdresser, I'm an artist, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. We'll argue that point, you know, another time. But I think the bigger issue is, it isn't about selling something. It's about having an authentic conversation with your guest. Yeah. You know, for instance, you know, one of the conversations we were having yesterday with one of our team was, well, I'm passing out referral cards. Mm -hmm. I pass them all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's not working. Yeah. You know, so, you know, my first question is, how are you passing out those referral cards, right? Because if it's the, oh, hey, you know, Chris, here's some referral cards. Give these to your friends. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. You know, you don't care. Yeah. And I know you don't care because I can tell by the way you handed them to me. How in the world do you expect me to care? Yeah. So one is, are you doing it purposefully and with intention in a manner that makes your client, your guest understand that, yeah, this is actually really important. Yeah. Right. And two, the second part is, well, you know, John, some of those clients, I don't, I don't want them to, I don't want to do their friends. Right. Yeah. So don't pass out referral cards to them. Right. You know, think about what you're doing, who you're giving those cards to and what the effect is going to be. And I think you did something great yesterday when we were talking to one of our coaching uh, uh, stylists that we were coaching, you, you said, what's your brand? Mm -hmm. what, what is it you're trying to put out into the world? Yeah. You know, because now I start to know who I want to pass referral cards yep. out to. I'm looking down at the time of this podcast, and mm. we're six minutes and thirty seconds in, and I feel like we're on a first date, <laughs> and we're already driving to the chapel mm. in Vegas. You mm. know, and we're about to about to tie the knot. Mm. I want to slow you up a little bit and try to do the same thing to myself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's describe a little bit the situation. So you, when you look at numbers, yeah. Um, and you know, for those of you who are listening, who who don't get to work with us on a day to day basis, uh, you're just going to have to take my word for it that that John is a statistical monster. John, you know, can look at numbers. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I know it's a compliment in there somewhere. Uh -huh. yeah. we, we might find one. We might find one. But but what I mean by that is, you know, I can watch you. And I'm talking from a high-level business perspective. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're a salon owner listening and you run multiple, multi, multiple multi-million-dollar locations, mm -hmm. uh, John could take a look at your P&L and tell you where you're bleeding. You know, down to the <clears throat> stylus level or the micro level, um, where he can take a look at, and you know, I mean, I got that skill as well, but sure. not to the level that you do. You know, can take a look at some of the key indicators that we look mm -hmm. at we talked about these recently on the zizor podcast but so you know some of those key indicators 
and we can tell you know where your strengths and weaknesses are now if you're right. an owner or manager or you know a really savvy business stylist you know that you can you can do this as well that numbers tell a story mm-hmm. um, so you know without digging deeply into who these individuals are that we right. work with tell share a little bit about the story that we were that we were in the in the room talking to yesterday and what what made us know that we even wanted to focus in on clientele development well you know um, I'll think about one of the staff members we were coaching yesterday. You know, her challenge was, you know, I was talking to her a couple of days before yeah. and she was like, you know, I'm just feeling a little defeated, mm-hmm. uh, feeling like I'm just not engaged. Um, you know, we dug down on it for her and it's not for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But for her, it was like it was money. Mm-hmm. And for her, it was less about actual dollars and feeling like she was being rewarded for the hard work she was putting in. Mm-hmm. She wasn't keeping count, like I made this amount. She was like, I worked this hard, I should be getting paid more for the amount of work I put into this. Yeah. And I'm not feeling that there's uh, a parity yeah. here, right? And as such, I become a little, I get a little disheartened. Yeah, Right. and it's interesting because when you say work, I'm translating time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and. It, once we were able to take a look at the reality mm-hmm. of the numbers is I might be at the salon right. for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. but the amount of actual, and this is where I go people performance, sure. the amount of actual productivity mm-hmm. and the amount of actual people right. that I'm working with for the amount of time that I'm there, right. <laughs> I could be, I could have more people, I could be more productive. Right. And in turn, um, and I, and I am one of those people who, you know, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Dollars become a scorecard for me. Sure. Um, partially because, uh, you know, I have a certain lifestyle that mm-hmm. I, you know, have envisioned myself to. And so because of that, you know, I can relate to that. And and it's interesting because that sometimes can be such a good motivator for right. somebody that, that does have the skill. And now they're going, okay, mm-hmm. I, I should be getting a little more return on my investment. Right. I like to have those conversations sure. because... Now I can start to take a look at, mm-hmm. and we went right to client count yesterday. Right, and you know I from what I remember from the conversation, this person was hanging out at. They were their target was around ninety five clients per month. Yeah, that was that, their target. That was their target for the level she was at. Yeah, she was between sixty five and seventy. She was between sixty five and seventy, mm-hmm. and then when we took a look at like this, you know, things we look at service to client ratio. Sure, was good. How how many right, yeah. how many services you're doing on the person? It was a good number. Yep. Yeah. But when we looked at things her like reti- her retail was great. <clears throat> her yeah. retail was great. Yeah. But when we looked at things like retention. Yeah. And all of a sudden it became visible. And this is what I want you to hear really clearly, if you're certainly if you're a veteran stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're a new person growing, you know, take this lesson early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been behind the chair for a while. Yeah. And you're not hitting your your whatever your personal people goal is, right? Mm-hmm. We know not everybody works on the type of system that we do, sure. and, you know that type of thing. But if if you're if you've got certain amount of numbers hour, hours open, that's just a thing, right? right? That, that you're going to do hair, and you don't have butts in those seats mm-hmm. for the time that you're available to take clients. Mm-hmm. You have a retention problem, right? You're not. Whether it be uh, whether they be ghosting you after the third visit right. or whether they're not coming back on the first one, right. long term, 
mm-hmm. you're not retaining mm-hmm. the new clients that sit in your chair. So let's right. talk a little bit about some of the strategies around that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I want to dig a little bit deeper before we even go there, if I can. You know, one of the things I think that's really important because we, we're talking about numbers yeah. and we're talking about, you know, you mentioned how I like to dig into them. Yeah. This is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, but hear what I'm saying. It's not the number, right? And I think too many people are like, oh, that's all you guys care about is the numbers. And as long as we're hitting our numbers, you, you like us. And if we don't, just so you can put more money in your pocket, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Come up with all the it that comes with yeah. it. The answer is no. Right. You know, the numbers, as you alluded to earlier, tell a story. That's right. So when you're supposed to be hitting 95 clients a month yeah. and you're hovering around 65, 70, yeah. okay, that doesn't tell me enough. What really told us something was she had 70 clients in, in November, 70 clients in December, 70 clients in January. So yeah. for three months in a row, 70 clients, 70 some clients, yeah. 70 clients. That says stuck. That says I'm not growing. To tell you the truth, the fact that you're not at 95 doesn't really bother me. Right. You'll get there. Sure. The fact that you stayed 73 months in a row Two of those months being the two busiest months of the year yeah. tells me your story. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. We need to get you unstuck. Yeah. Um, and we also looked at you know her attention numbers, which were okay, but there weren't anything that was going to grow her. And we also looked at number of new clients coming in the door, new re- new requests. Yeah. Not necessarily new people because you know there's the ones that request you and the ones that just happen to be walking by and yeah. think you look cute and want a haircut. Yeah. Um, but the, those numbers weren't there either. Yeah. Um, so, as you said, strategies. You yeah. know, what do we do next? Yeah. So, strategy number one was how are you doing with referral cards? Yeah. And this pat answer is yeah. I pass them out. Yeah. Yeah. Who you pass them out to? I give them to everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, stop doing that, right? Because not everybody needs them. You know, one of my favorite stories, and I shared this with you, you know, before we started the podcast, was you know I'm from Worcester, Massachusetts, where if you don't know is the center of the universe. Um, and in Worcester, Massachusetts, we have this great art museum. Guess what? It's called the Worcester Art Museum. And, <laughs> That's a great name. Uh, it's a great name. Every year, they used to have this big gala, right? And my friends and I would all go because we'd get dressed up. We'd bring a date. We'd go to this big gala, and they had the four-piece, you know, chamber orchestra. And they had people walking around with trays of wine and hors d'oeuvres. And it was the one time a year I get to pull off swanky and get away with it, right? And I met this woman there, we were just chatting. She's like, so what do you do? And it's like, oh, I'm a hairdresser. Oh, you are? How much do you charge for a haircut? Right? Because question number one is either A, how much do you charge? And question number two is what would you do to my hair? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So question number one was how much do you charge? And of course, you know, this was a while back. I said, oh, they're 36 bucks. And she's like, $36? And I said, yeah. She says, well, it seems like a lot. I said, well, how much do you pay for your haircuts? She said, 12 bucks. I said, well, you know. As long as you're happy with your hair, you know, that's okay. She's like, well, no, I hate my haircut. I said, you hate your haircut? She's like, yeah. I said, well, why don't you just go back to the salon and, you know, have them fix it? She's like, no, I, I always hate my hair. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You always hate your hair? She goes, yeah. I said, well, how long have you been going there? She's like, eight years. And in my head, I'm sitting here going, you've been going to the same hairdresser for eight years and you hate your haircut for eight years. I'm sorry, but 12 bucks just to me sounds dumb. But here's the lesson. The lesson was she doesn't have a hair thing. Right. She don't care. Right. Or maybe it's not that she don't care. It's just not important to her. Why in the world would I give her a business card? 
Right. The answer is I did not. Right. I'm not going to give her a referral card. <clears throat> I'm not going to ask her to come to the salon because I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And we do that all the time with people in our chair. Yeah. Right. We get clients who just aren't, they aren't into you. Yeah. Right. They aren't into what you do. They haven't bought into your brand. You know, you don't want more of them. Don't give them a referral card. Yeah. It's what, you know, one of the things that we are not talking about purposefully yeah. on this particular podcast mm -hmm. is, is using social media to grow right. your business. Not because we, we know that it's an enormous piece. Right. Uh, we just know that we have other better people that we'll bring on to have those conversations sure. with yeah. you. Um, but it's an the it's an interesting what what the picture you just painted is so interesting, and I've been in the business now for close to thirty years. Mm -hmm. Never before have I understood personal branding the mm -hmm. way I do now. Mm -hmm. Years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, th there were seminars that they had, and it was, you know, what's your dream client? Sure, you would right. write down da da da, mm -hmm. and you would, um, you know, what do they look like? What mm -hmm. kind of services do they get? And and that it didn't. I don't know why it didn't res. It resonated, but it didn't. Enough it was real easy. It was like, stick. you know, yeah, I want the girl that does highlights and yeah. drives a Porsche, right? right, or whatever. Sure. But it never felt tangible and real. Right. Um, now in the in the world that we live in mm -hmm. with the social media right. piece um, and now really understanding your branding piece you know um, and consumers being able to find you in different ways mm -hmm. to, to me never before is, is what you just said been more true mm -hmm. pick the top 10 people or 20 people inside of your clientele right and Brian talked about this when he on the first podcast when he talked about Karen growing her clientele mm -hmm. um, and he, you know I said you know you need 150 to 200 clients to be busy and he said right. you know I, I kind of look at it differently he said I looked at it if you could get 20 people that are really excited about the work that you do mm -hmm. and have them become cheerleaders of you right you really only need 20 people to, right. to bring 10 of their friends right um, and so in this conversation you know I think one of the reasons why we're having this is we want to talk about the fact that Instagram and Facebook and social media aside, mm -hmm. right. something happens when you have a guest captive mm -hmm. audience for two hours. Right. And you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to really hone in on yeah. those people that are in your chair that mm -hmm. in the middle of that you know, appointment or maybe mm -hmm. from, from the moment they walk through the door, you go, mm -hmm. this I love working with Julie. Right. She's my dream. She, if I could have a hundred of her, yep. I'd be happy. Yep. Right? Yep. And then we miss the we miss the opportunity or the window of time mm -hmm. to have a dead serious conversation with Julie, like a right. dead serious conversation about Julie. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you something, I love doing your hair. Yeah. And I know I sound a little cheesy, by the way, right now, and I sound <laughs> a little salesy when we're on podcast. Right. But really, like I love doing your hair, mm -hmm. and if I could have a hundred of you or twenty of you, my life would be great. Right. Um. I don't know if I've ever told you about our loyalty program. Mm -hmm. I probably haven't. Yep. Shame on me. Yep. Do you mind if I take a minute and share with you about that? Right. Because I would love mm -hmm. to meet ten of your friends, two of your friends. Yep. And when you have a serious, and you you yep. did this exercise yesterday, you yep. know, um, when you have a very serious conversation about that, and and almost more importantly in my eyes, mm -hmm. when you bring focus mm -hmm. to the fact. Right that this is one 
of the very most important conversations you could have during your whole entire appointment. Right. Right. So I've got you for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. We could talk about all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. But if we talked for one minute. Right. One minute. One minute. Yep. Of the 45 minutes. You're in my chair. About referrals. Yep. Or about setting up, getting, making sure we get you mm-hmm. set up for your next appointment. Right. Or about the fact that you're a balayage specialist. Right. Or about the fact that you just start, started mm-hmm. doing micro-beaded weave extensions. Sure. If you took one minute of that time. Right. Over time, that translates into, mm-hmm. well, it's it's hard to, right? It compounds. Right. Yeah. And it becomes something that you can't, you really can't understand until you start until to do that all of a sudden it experience. blows up on you. Yeah. Right. You know, I stole this from Michael Hamlin, one of our stylists, and I love this approach. Yeah. His approach is he's got somebody in his chair, yeah. and he did, you know, a monster <clears throat> pixie. I mean, yeah. it's just looking good. Yeah. And Michael will hand referral cards and say, look, I love doing pixies. This is like one of my favorite haircuts. If you've got friends, family, anybody that you think would love a pixie, give them my card. Yeah. I'd love to do their hair. Because here's the reality. She's going to walk out the door with that pixie, yeah. and her friends are going to say, I've always wanted to cut my hair like that. That looks so good. I've always wanted a pixie, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Yeah. My hairdresser loves doing pixies. Yeah. Balayage. I love doing yeah. balayage. Yeah. I love doing blondes. <clears throat> I love doing, I don't care, whatever yeah. it is. You know, because the thing <clears throat> is, you like doing more than one thing. I'm not saying do it only for pixies. Yeah. Michael just happens to conform the conversation to what he just yeah. did. And if he hates doing bobs, yeah. hates them, yeah. guess what he's not going to do to the bob client? He's not going to talk about the bob. No, he's yeah, not. yeah. And yeah. he is, you know, Michael, Michael's a master right. at his craft. Um, and uh, it's a great example. You know, the other thing that I'm sitting here thinking about, <laughs> just because <laughs> I was the one who advocated to not talk about social. Um, I've, Are you going to do that? No, not, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. Um, but I started thinking about the reality mm-hmm. of how many times I'm in a place where I hear two people that I don't know. Right. I overhear a conversation. They're talking about their hair. Yeah. So I was in Philly last week, mm-hmm. and I was in my favorite coffee shop, mm-hmm. um, the Milk Crate Cafe <laughs> on Girard Avenue. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Girard and Columbia, if you're ever in Fishtown, go to Milk Crate. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but uh, I was at Milk Crate, and mm-hmm. I was doing some computer work sitting there in the morning, just minding my business. And the one of the baristas there, she does have really awesome hair, mm-hmm. and she's been growing it out. Mm-hmm. And um, she's mis- mixed ethnicities, so she was wearing it more like a fro on this day. Mm-hmm. I typically see her with softer curls. And so, girl walks in, um, and immediately they're having a conversation. Right. Girl, your curls are on point. Yeah. And then, the barista, mm-hmm. who's this really you know great? Uh, I've known her for a while going in there, but. The barista starts to educate the, awesome. the person yeah. on what curly hair needs mm-hmm. in order to look great. And she's somebody's top twenty client. I could she? hear yeah. the words yeah. coming out of her mouth of her hairdresser. Mm-hmm. It was it was magical, and I thought in my head, that girl mm-hmm. has a great hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Now I know she's doing all the other media noise stuff that we do. Sure. But her hairdresser had a one-on-one conversation with her. In the chair. And I can tell you something. Mm-hmm. She's not going to another hairdresser. Nope. Yep. And she just sold her hairdresser to right. the girl who was buying a cup of coffee from yep. her. 
That's incredible. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's the type of thing I think we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, what are some other things, John? Well, you know, I want to get I want to talk more about the point you just made about you know hearing people talk about hair, right? And I think when we start off as when we start off in this career, because I know I did this. If I see some, if I saw somebody who needed help, yeah, I gave them my card. They need me. You know, the hair color looks a little in. The haircut's a little jacked up. They need me. I mean this with love. No, they don't. If they needed you, they would have already been there, right? The reason their hair looks like it does is because they don't mind or they don't care. The people I want to give a business card to are the people in the coffee shop talking about hair. You know, one of my favorite client stories is being in, in a Bed Bath & Beyond and seeing this woman with long blonde hair, mid-back, right? Highlights must have been just done because they were perfect. Haircut looked like a million bucks. It was one o'clock in the afternoon, which means she's a stay-at-home mom, right? Um, so she doesn't have to be anywhere. And guess what? I'm a hairdresser. We're people that get to walk up to complete strangers and talk about their hair. And guess what? It's not creepy. Yeah. You know, it's okay. So I gave her my business card. She came to the salon, and there's more to that story afterwards. Um, but why do we focus so much on trying to fix people who obviously don't care about their hair? Remember my previous story about the art museum? Some yeah. people don't have a hair thing. Yeah. And here's this woman whose hair looks like a million bucks, and yet we're afraid to give yeah. our card to that woman yeah. because we're thinking, well, she already goes to a great hairdresser. Right. Maybe, but she likes hair. That's right. She loves hair. That's right. You know, I know we talk about people have a thing. Some people will spend their last dime on a really good meal at a fancy restaurant. Yeah. Somebody will spend their last dime on a really expensive pocketbook, right? They'll forget to pay the rent as long as they can buy their Louis bag. Yeah. Some people will spend their last dime on a cruise up the, you know, Alaskan coast. Yeah. Me, I'll spend my last dime on a 1975 Moto Guzzi V11 Sport, you know, yeah. because that's what I like to spend my money on. Some people will spend their last dime on good hair. That's right. Those are the people you want. That's right. Yeah. So I want to turn the conversation a little bit now yeah. because I think we've I think we've covered mm -hmm. our passion around yeah. the fact that we think you should be very serious about whatever your referral loyalty program is mm -hmm. and we also think there's some language right. that you need to practice and learn yeah. um, and get hyper focused and serious about mm -hmm. the next part and piece that I want to turn to is is this uh, understanding of retention mm -hmm. and really what that means and um, you said something yesterday, and I can't, I can't tell if I agreed or disagreed. Sure. But I want to bring up the point. Um, this person's new client retention was mm -hmm. was around thirty percent. Right. Now I know that's a national average, and sure. what, and you said you know, not terrible, but not you know, and and you know, I couldn't tell if you were just trying to make the person you know feel okay about that or not. Yeah. But what I want, I guess, what I want to say is. What what thirty percent new client retention means mm -hmm. to me is, if you were to recruit, or to be given, mm -hmm. or to you know find on your own ten brand new clients, seven left, seven left, yeah, seven left. Why why is that important? Well, you know, first I want to address your question, you know, um, statement, um, and that was you know you said thirty percent wasn't bad. If you're asking me personally. As a hairdresser, I think thirty percent. You're not even trying. Right. To be That's honest. okay. That yeah. was where my head went. Having said that, it's also the national average. Right. So here's what I'll say to you: If you're at thirty percent new client retention rate, 
You're average. You're average. You're a C student. Right. And there are people in the world who are perfectly happy being a C student. Right. I'll, me personally, yeah. I got to get an A. <laughs> you know, and what's, what's an A? 50% minimum is an A student. Yeah. And if you're really trying to boost your career, move forward, knock down some walls, you need to be at 50% new client retention rate. Totally Not agreed. Third. And that's, that's, yeah. thank you for clarifying okay. that because I was cur curious about what, you know, what the thinking was behind mm -hmm. that. Right. And I knew you had a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because veteran stylists, mm -hmm. just as fast as a new, you know, a lot, look, if you came out of school mm -hmm. two weeks ago, right. you're at the salon now mm -hmm. or six months ago, they're putting new clients in your chair. Mm -hmm. I still know and can remember mm -hmm. the feeling of being nauseous almost every oh, yeah. time yeah. I had a new person. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, hey, I got a walk in for you, mm -hmm. right? I'm in the back room going, what does she look like? Does yeah. she have long hair? Is it thick? Does she want it up? Does she want high? Like, you know, I'm back there in yeah. panic mode before before they can drag me out of the back room to go sweat through this haircut, right? First men's haircut I ever did. I cut the guy in the corner of the neck, you know, <laughs> with the shears. Because right. I was like, ah! Right. You know? Right. Yeah, first one. Exactly. Nice way to start, John. <laughs> so we, we get it. Yeah. We know that you're juggling trying to be good as a hairdresser trying to learn some scripts, trying to learn how to talk about shampoo without sounding, you like know. Like a knucklehead. Right. Yeah. And, and so we get that. What, what we're saying is as fast as possible, you want to get to a point where your understanding is mm -hmm. the more people that stay mm -hmm. and the more the right people that stay for right. that, but the more people that I, can, that I can learn how to turn into a second visit, right. the faster that I'm going to erase the people problem of my business. Right. And so if the people problem goes away, mm -hmm. then I can for the rest of my career right. work on the productivity or the performance, performance problem. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so um, client retention for a new person is obvious. Mm -hmm. The ones who I get fearful for are the vets. Yeah. Who are so busy and my good buddy Michael Cole used to say this, so I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna quote him without I don't wanna quote use his quote without crediting him because it's a good one. He he used to say, Pete, you're so busy being busy you don't have time to make money. <laughs> I love that. Right? Yeah. And the you know, for the vets, that's what I see a lot of. They're so busy just keeping up yeah. with life and a busy day and when mm -hmm. they get downtime, they're just happy to have the downtime. Right. That they forget sometime that the whole goal in this new client mm -hmm is A, to wow them, to right. make sure your experience is just completely on point, which is a whole nother podcast. I mean, we're 30 minutes into this thing now. We're on two topics. Right. But B, um, that I need them to come back mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. Right. And I need to give them a plan. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, super, and maybe we'll do a whole nother podcast on sessions, mm -hmm. but super important that they understand what your next three visits ahead what look do like. they have to look forward to next time they see you absolutely yeah um, and if you can just set that as an attention I feel mm -hmm. like retention becomes right well you know we track retention two different ways right and what I mean by that is is new client retention yeah yes the national average is 30% which as you so rightly pointed out I love the flip that means 70% don't come back yeah first visit yeah now it's your second visit, do you come for a third? 
That's called base client retention. Third visit, fourth visit, fifth visit. All your visits in the future. And what's the most important time to get them back? I've heard this recently. Um, what do you mean by what, how, what time to get them I back? I hear it's that second visit, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Mathematically, because yeah. I'm that guy, right? Yeah. The first four visits are the most critical, right? So you'll lose you know, 70% on the first visit, right? You'll lose about another 30% on the second, about another 20% uh, or so on the next two, third and fourth. Your client becomes what we refer to as loyal or eyes, the loyal client after their fourth visit. So it's your first four visits that are the most crucial. If they come in for the fifth visit, you're engaged. You, yeah. you went from dating to you're, you're a yeah. couple now. Um, so all your effort and energy, I'm going to rephrase that, a lot of your energy and effort needs to be on client, client visit one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Once you get the five, I'm not saying coast. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is you've developed a different relationship and a different strategy for keeping that client. What's an example? So let's go back to the woman I met at Bed Bath & Beyond. Perfect hair. Guess what? She comes to the salon so. because I gave her my business card. And she comes in, I do her hair. First thing we do is we do a full consultation. Well, what would you do with my hair, right? She just had like this long, elegant neck. I can still picture her in my head. Yeah. And she would have looked great with an A-line bob right under her jaw. She yeah. just had a small face, would have been perfect for her. I pitched it, she said no. My husband likes it long, I like to put it in a ponytail. Can we just do my highlights? Sure, talked her into some layers, give her hair some movement, great. Loved it, thought I was the best thing that ever happened, right? Walked out the door, not before scheduling an appointment for eight weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks, she comes back in. Hey, what'd you think about the bob? Oh, yeah, I talked to my husband. He said, no, I like to put it in a ponytail, blah, blah, blah. I do my highlights, trim it. Great. Eight weeks later, hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, you know, uh, no, you know, trim it. Eight weeks later, same thing we did last time. Yeah, 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 do that. Yeah. Eight weeks later. You got comfortable. I got comfortable. Well, I gave up. Yeah. Is what I did, right? Eight weeks later, oh, uh, yeah, same thing we did last time. I know her. I know what she wants. We're like this. Right. Yeah. That's right. Eight weeks later, I didn't know she didn't come back in. Yeah. Because I got, I'm busy. Yeah. She was, I mean, I'd like to think I remembered her, but I didn't. Yeah. And then one day I'm walking down the street, grocery store, I forgot where I was, but I remember walking into wherever I walked and there she was with the bob under her jaw, that witch. I didn't cut it. Somebody yeah. else did. Yeah. Here's the thing. I did what the guy or girl did before I got her. Yeah. I stopped caring. Yeah. I stopped giving her something to look forward to. I stopped asking. Yeah. And I became as boring as the guy that I got her from. Yeah. Or gal. Right? Yeah. So that's when I talk about that shift after the fourth visit. I didn't say stop trying. What I said is there's a different methodology now for what you do with that long-term client. Um, I learned this a long time ago from uh, a mentor who taught me this and it was like every once in a while just turn the chair around so they're facing you and not the mirror and I'd say something like Chris you know what I've been doing your hair for a while mm -hmm. let's do this let's pretend today's your first visit let's start over dude yeah how have you been holding this out all this time we've known each other <laughs> but what a great way for the client to say I'd love that yeah. Okay, great. Let's start over like I just met you. And it starts the relationship all over again. This is a really bad analogy, but and my <clears> wife <throat> will hurt me for this later. You know, 
If you're taking people for granted, they don't think you love them anymore, right? It's a fact. It's a fact. So whether it's a personal relationship, which you always have to work on, or the personal relationship you have with the person in your chair, I'm sorry. You don't know them as well as you think yeah. you do. Yeah. You know, you're not as close as you think you are. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't some. There's probably the 20. But the other 100 clients in your schedule, you're not. And what are you going to do about that? How are you going to keep that client coming back? How are you going to make them feel special? Make them feel valued? Make them tell their friends how awesome you are? Yeah. Because you know what that girl with the bob told the people? Yeah, I went there for a while. He was really nice, but it got boring. Yeah. Let's do something a little different today. All right, what's that? I mean, since we're already doing something a little different today. Yep. Let's give our, the podcasters an assignment. Ah, homework assignment. Yeah. Great. So you're always asking for something at the end of every podcast, right? <laughs> yes, I am. And what? I'm going to ask today, too. <laughs> what is that thing you actually I'm going to ask for when you go and like this <laughs> review or whatever you do to let the world know that you're happy to hear it, you're going to write us a wicked, wicked nice review. And wicked in French means five, in case you didn't know. It's wicked. Um, five stars. <laughs> um, I want five. Five. Well, with that wicked nice review, yeah, um, we would love to hear some of the things that you do for client retention. That's a great idea. What do you think of that? I love it. So um, if you could, and if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, mm -hmm. uh, you can contact us on Instagram right. at 124.go. Yep. And if you message us something... Uh, that you do to make your clients feel special and your guests come back and retain guests, we will happily share that mm -hmm. uh, as well as give you some shout outs on our next podcast. That sounds great. For doing that. Love it. Because, you know, we know that, look, John and I can spout off ideas all day long, mm -hmm. um, but we know that you're doing some awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's 130 hairdressers inside of this company, mm -hmm. each of them uniquely. From, from the person who's still day one, mm -hmm to the person that's been downstairs for 28 years, right? Uh, uniquely does things to in, in order to grow their own personal brand right? and to get people to come back and kind mm -hmm. of show them that they care. So I, I feel like uh, that would just be a really cool way for us to you know engage with you all because mm -hmm. we talk in these microphones, we don't always get to hear what, what your experience is on the other end. Mm -hmm. um, and John, we're about at the 38 minute mark, so I feel like we've covered a couple of really great topics. What are your closing thoughts as we start to wrap this thing up? You know, I'm just going to put a big umbrella over the whole thing, if I could. You know, if you're trying to grow your business, the best place for you to do that, believe it or not, isn't on Instagram, isn't on Facebook. Not those aren't, those aren't great tools, because they are, so please hear me correctly. But you have this golden opportunity. You've got this client for approximately two hours, yeah. especially if they're getting a color. Yeah. You've got to build a relationship with them. They're there for a reason. Here's the other thing. If they're new to you, it means they left somebody else. Right? right. So if they left somebody, they left for a reason. Bless you, you got them. So what's your strategy for the first four visits? The first one is the most important because that has the highest unfortunate rate of non-return and it sets the pace for the rest of your relationship right right so it gives them a set of expectations of how you work think about the hair you like to do give referral cards to those clients have a have a truthful honest 
heart to heart with that client. Hey, look, I love doing this. Send me your friends, send me your family, send me the people that you think would love this because I want to do more of it. Thank you for being here. And then track those numbers. And I know it's like, oh, numbers. But here's the thing. How else are you going to know if it's working or not working? How else are you going to know your own personal stories, even if you're by yourself? You know, if you're renting a suite or a booth, you know, how do you know? Well, I'm busier. Yeah. Are you really? Or is it you just do a lot of balayage this week so you seem like you were busy? Yeah. You know, numbers tell your story. Get in tune with your story. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, if you like what you heard here today in, mm -hmm. the, in the spirit of gratitude and, and the spirit of repeat, you know, we know that you're sitting either in your car or at home or, you know, maybe maybe you listen to this before you go to sleep. You're listening to us. We want to say thank you for that. Um, and you can, again, connect with us on Instagram at 124.go. Uh, we'd love for you to screenshot this podcast and share it in your stories and tag us. And if you do that, you know we'll do the same for you. You can also find us. We're posting some interesting stuff on YouTube right now. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So you get to sort of see the inner workings of um, the meetings that we're holding and uh, some live sessions that we do with students and things like that. Um, so that's 124Go on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming soon uh, in April or our website will launch right. and uh, we'll be touring. We're actually starting this weekend touring for 2019. Where at? Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. I've never been to Tampa. You're an old stomping ground. I'm grounds, an old school. So yep, my, my old stomping grounds there. So we'll be down there with uh, the Life O'Reilly distributorship and right. Hair Cosmetics and mm -hmm. um, Kelly Heater and his, and his group. And so we're really excited about that. We really appreciate you listening and uh, hope you got something out of this podcast today. Bye, everybody. We're too young to talk about.